Hello, my friends. It is Wednesday, September the 9th, and uh, welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. For those who may be new to this podcast, first of all, welcome, and thank you for taking time to download and listen at least this far. <laughs> my name is Joe Zenk. I am a lay pastoral leader in the Catholic faith. I, I work in the Diocese of Green Bay, uh, particularly with three rural Catholic parishes, and uh, what I do on this podcast is read the gospel for the day, uh, Monday through Friday, and then make some comments on it and uh, pray one decade of the rosary together. It's uh, fairly simple, and uh, I certainly don't um, uh, sum up the fullness of the Word of God in what I have to say. In fact, uh, of the two, as a pastor and friend of mine used to say, if you have to choose between the two, always choose the gospel and not the, the homily or the reflection, because that is just pointing to the Word of God. The Word of God is the source of life. So without further ado, let's take a look at uh, the Word of God for today. Uh, we will be continuing our, our journey through Luke. We're in Luke chapter tw- 6, chapter 6, verses 20 to 26. So if you'd like to follow along at home, Luke 6, 20 to 26. Let's open up God's Word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Raising his eyes toward his disciples, Jesus said, Blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are now hungry, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who are now weeping, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude and insult you and denounce your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice and leap for joy on that day. Behold, your reward will be great in heaven, for their ancestors treated the prophets in the same way. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. But woe to you who are filled now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for their ancestors treated the false prophets in this way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So obviously we're hearing uh, Luke's version of the Beatitudes uh, here in the Gospel today. Um, So verse 20, I I said this was chapter 6, verses 20. So Luke begins what is called the Sermon on the Plain here in the middle of chapter 6. And Luke's Sermon on the Plain only lasts until the end of chapter 6. So it's literally only about 30 verses long, give or take. Whereas Matthew's Sermon on the Mount, not on the Plain, Matthew's Sermon on the Mount lasts chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew. So Matthew's work of the Sermon on the Mount is one of the most cited and and beautiful pieces of of writing in the New Testament. Not that Luke, heck, Luke is rarely um, outwritten in in the New Testament. His his beauty and his uh, apt for storytelling and, and putting pen to paper is frankly, maybe second to none in the New Testament. But uh, 
Interestingly, both Matthew and Luke use this source for the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are not found in Mark or John. Just these two, Matthew and Luke. But they come, they come to them differently. Did you notice that? So let's look at them again. Luke here, blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. Okay, so Matthew softens that. Matthew says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is yours. Luke doesn't soften it. Blessed are you who are poor. That's a big distinction. Somebody who is poor in spirit for someone who's poor. Doesn't mean God's blessing doesn't reside on both. In fact, I would argue, of course, it does. But they're saying different things there. Blessed are you who are now hungry, Luke says, for you will be satisfied. Whereas Matthew says, blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Uh, you will have your fill. Again, both, I'm sure, are blessed, and both are, are worthy to hunger and thirst for righteousness, of, of doing the right and the good, and, and finding that and living that. But that's very different than blessed are you who are now hungry. And blessed are you who are weeping. Um, Matthew just, at least it it's, uh, comes across as mourning. That's how it's translated. Um, and, and they both use that blessed are you when they, people hate you and utter insults against you. But Matthew keeps going on. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the merciful. Uh, blessed are the pure in heart. We don't see those at all in Luke. In fact, uh, Matthew's got about nine. And I should have looked again before this, but Matthew's got about nine Beatitudes, eight of which are positive. And only the last one is, is the hard, harsh one. Not with Luke. Luke has the four blessings and the four woes. Woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are filled now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. And woe when they speak well of you. So they're almost the, the antonyms, in a sense, the, the, the opposites of the blessings. Blessed are you who are hungry and, and uh, who are poor and who are weeping. But woe if you're not poor, if you're rich. And woe if you're filled. And woe if you're laughing. Um, and and uh, woe if your, your name is held well. So, brothers and sisters, how do we to take that? I mean, honestly, I, I have no great insight, and, and the truth is that should scare the hell out of all of us because the truth is we are not poor, you and I. We live in the richest or one of the richest countries in the world and in the history of the world. Uh, and in comparison with the rest of the, uh, the world, we are not poor, and we are not hungry, and, uh, and, and we laugh often, um, and we avoid sadness and weeping at every turn. What is Jesus saying to us today? Is there something inherently wrong with having valuables and... Uh, and having food on our table, should we throw it away or give it to others and, and go hungry and, and see blessing? Again, I don't wish to put myself in and say this is what Jesus is claiming. I, I don't think that's what he's saying, though. I'll simply say this. 
I think this goes back to the word that we heard recently where Jesus says, it's easier for a, a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of God. That being rich in its own right is not uh, a curse, but what it is is it can allow us, and, and it, it, boy, it sings like a siren song, that it, uh, it invites us to be complacent and to trust in it and say, why do I need God in a sense? Even though we may not directly think that or say that, but we in a sense would act that way. That we place our trust in those riches as our security in that food has always been on the table and always will be on the table and times are good and, and my name is held well in this community, whatever that community is. And if that becomes our trust, brothers and sisters, that, that is a kingdom built on sand. We know that. Because those things can go away tomorrow in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of, of work being taken away and unemployment being given to us. And, uh, and concerns and, and death and division around us. My friends, in the time of Jesus, the common thought was if one was poor, if one was um, going hungry, if one was in any way destitute, that that was because they or their ancestors in some way had sinned against God. And this was the um, conclusion of whatever action had taken place in their life or in lives before them. And Jesus is looking at them and saying, no, no, that's simply not the case. You are blessed. Where you are right now, you are blessed. You are blessed in the midst of your hunger. You are blessed in the midst of your name being trodden upon. You are blessed in the midst of your weeping. And you are blessed in the midst of your uh, lack of affluence. Brothers and sisters, if we find ourselves today rich and full and filled with laughter and the love of neighbor, Praise God for that and thank God for that and rely on God um, and not those things, but take those things to the extent that you and I have them. And, and, and trust me, I speak to myself here too. Take them and how can we use them to give them away um, to advance the kingdom of God? Uh, not saying go hungry and give your food away. What I'm saying is we have been given much forgive the, the cliche, and, and much will be required of us. So how do we use these gifts for good? How do we use them and not get complacent toward building up the kingdom rather than building up my kingdom? I think that's what Jesus warns us about. A couple of words on St. Peter Claver, which I must speak because I have a great love for him. Uh, that has come about only recently in life when I've learned more about him. Uh, and that's this. Um, Peter Claver was born in Spain, uh, late 16th century, I want to say around 1580s in that ballpark. And uh, when he was just shy of 30, 
he, uh, he was a Jesuit, by the way, joined the Jesuit order. And when he was about 29, I think, he hopped on a boat and went to the, to the New World. Again, uh, the New World was, you know, what, 100-ish, 120 years old. It was still the New World and was still being colonized. And he went to Cartagena uh, in Colombia and uh, there was ordained. But Cartagena was one of the um, leading centers for the slave trade in the Americas at that time. And uh, what Peter Claver did was for the next 40 years of his life um, ministered to those slaves when a slave trade, and they, they said, you know, that 100,000 slaves would come into Cartagena every, every year. I mean, can you imagine that? And, and that these conditions were so terrible in the, in the, in the uh, ride over, in the, the hulls of the ship, that a third of them would pass away. A third. Uh, can you imagine that? In the cramped quarters and, and the, the, oh, just the inhumane way and, and surroundings in, in which they were kept. And so what Peter Claver did was when the ship came into the harbor, he went into the bowels of the ship and ministered to the slaves there who were still shackled, who were next to their dead loved ones, who were, feel, were, were filled with fear and, and, and I'm sure emaciated and filled with every disease uh, in, in this feces-laden area in which they, they were kept. And he ministered to them and loved them and reminded them of their dignity and their goodness. And when they were taken off the, uh, the ship and they were placed in cages where people would uh, walk around them and survey them, he would go into them with medicines and with food and with uh, bandages and with brandy and with anything else. And what he did, again, was minister them as people to uphold their dignity as people to remind them who they were. And again, that whole idea that, uh, that we are called to go in, into where, you know, it, it, Psalm 23, you know, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for thou art with me in the midst of that whatever is going on in my life. For you are with me with your rod and your staff to give me comfort. That's what he did. He went into that valley with them and ministered to them there. And it's said that he ministered and baptized to over 300,000 slaves that came through Cartagena. Not worried about disease or what may affect him or his uh, standing among the officials who didn't care for him in Cartagena. Uh, but he became an apostle not only to the slaves, but to the people of Cartagena. They knew holiness when they saw it, just kind of like we knew it with Mother Teresa. We know it when we see it. Well, they knew it too. And he would minister in the public square and minister not only to the slaves, but the, the traders and to the, uh, the shipholders, the, those who would, you know, the captains and, and things come over on the ships and the crews. Um, and it wasn't until late in his life, in, around 70 or so, 73, I think, that he died. Only his last few years is when he had to set all these things aside. 
Brothers and sisters, I, I, I just love this man for his courage, for his humility, but that he wasn't afraid to move in and step into um, the, the, what was going on, the, the evil of the day, the hurt of the day. He didn't solve it. He didn't end slavery, brothers and sisters but he wasn't afraid to go in the midst of it and remind them who they were. We live, my friends, in a tumultuous time, and I wish we could solve it. And I hope and pray, God willing, generations that follow us will. But how do we go into it right now and remind those brothers and sisters, wherever and however they may be, that they are the beloved of God as well? And, uh, and we can minister to anyone who finds themselves on the fringes and their integrity and dignity taken away from them, uh, like Peter Claver, and at least remind them with food and, yes, with brandy, that they are the beloved and that they carry dignity within them. Let's pray. There is an intention for which you would like to pray today. I invite you to bring it uh, forward at this time. And let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The third uh, joyful mystery, the birth of Christ. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, blessings on your Wednesday. Thanks for uh, taking time to open God's word. I wish you every joy and good uh, until we can be back together again tomorrow. Bye-bye.